You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the games edition. A gaming podcast for people who want honest opinions by freaks with nothing better to do with their time. Here's Roger and his crew. Oh, Ragnaros, I need you. All right. So with that, let's get into the show because um, we can talk first about how much money we spent during the holidays. (laughs) Because even though it was the American Thanksgiving, there was plenty of shopping to be had up here north of the border as well, Uh, especially online shops. You could pick up a lot of different things. Granted, the sales weren't as good as you guys. But I mean, it was pretty good. And then on top of that, of course, of course, it's not a holiday unless Steam says you have not given us enough money yet. There's there's a holiday. There's a day off on our calendar that that means pad our pockets. (laughs) So Steam had several days of sale. They still have sales going on. So I picked up a couple of things through there. What did you guys pick up? Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood, and I picked up on the relatively super cheap uh, Castlevania Lord of Shadows. It was like 42 bucks, something like that, brand new. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, I I actually didn't buy anything this weekend because I've done way too much spending in the last couple weeks anyway. Uh, Buying Brotherhood myself when it came out because it came with a free T-shirt, and God damn it, I wanted my free (laughs) T-shirt. I got uh, Uncharted 2 for like 15 bucks on clearance. Uh, I recently picked up Enslaved with the Amazon deal for 25 bucks. So I didn't buy anything this weekend, but I have spent plenty of money recently on good deals anyway. I um, I had just picked up GT5 and then I've still got, I, I actually ordered the um the the collectors for cataclysm so that's enough money right there kind of thing but i did pick up a couple of things through steam steam had the the, and i i I really think this is great like i make fun of them all uh, and all that but they they decided to do these indie packs for the holidays which is great because again you're then supporting independent developers so i'm all for that so i picked up uh, an indie pack that was the one for um story so it had a bunch of games that were more story driven um including puzzle agent which i've been dying to play it just looks weird and quirky and i mean it's dudes on snowmobiles it fits with me so uh i I did pick that up that it's it winds up being like a 92 percent savings for five four or five games it cost me five bucks and they've been okay (laughs) exactly like right now they have on sale the indie air pack it's 92 percent off and it's 4.99 and with that you get five independent games so again, five bucks, it's hard to, you're paying a buck per game. So I didn't pick up all the ones that they've had, the indie packs, but I did pick up that, uh, that story one and, and I'm really actually looking forward to, uh, to playing it, but that's actually all I picked up in all honesty. I've been, <laughs> it was a little bit more difficult. There was a couple I was considering getting, but then all I had to do was like, look at the PS3 and it was calling my name. It was like <laughs> GT five, come be one of us. And so, Seriously, I started playing that sucker and I knew going in pretty much that I would probably like it. Not to say that I'm going in with rose colored glasses and not seeing some of the problems that are in it. However, 
I like, I, I really, obviously I've said it. I like racing games. I really, really like racing games. My youngest also likes racing games. So we've both been playing this. And it's funny because I, I'm the type of guy, I, I, I mean, I love the crazy wild burnout paradise stuff. I love that. I, I love the, the, the you know, the weird, quirky, Mario Kart type games like Blur and stuff like that. I I really I like all of the, the racing games, but first and foremost, I like the ones that are about the precision. I like I'm the type of guy, and I've done it, who will race over a hundred laps, NASCAR kind of thing, going around in circles. And it's not that I'm an inbred hick, Southern hick, it, but I like it, and and I get right into it. And it's that precision of literally shaving off. A split second. If I can shave that off my lap time, it's an accomplishment. And then I'm, I'm going and I'm going. And I've done the races over 100 laps in one sitting. And I love it. And so when this came out, like, I was in heaven. And I can already see. I haven't, like, I've, I've put in a number of hours. I've watched my son play as well. He's put in quite a bit of time as well. Um, I, my, I've only gotten up to level 10. So I know that there's a lot more to go. And it will improve. And that's why I'm going to be writing... Um, a review in stages <laughs> for the. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you had that, they had that momentary pause. It was like the brain was like click, 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 click. click. There's a in moment. stages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. It's like you didn't just have one of those. <laughs> ah, yes. So I'm going to be writing the review in stages so that it's it makes sense because what I like now I may not later on and there's things that right now that I'm I'm not crazy about that may make sense later on kind of thing there's some things like the collisions and whatnot that I know they did it for a specific reason and so I'm looking forward to the higher levels where the collisions actually do make a difference because right now they don't but it's because you don't have the money to be spending on repairs. Like it took a while for me to save up enough to buy. And I was driving a crappy ass stupid car, freaking Toyota. And then I made enough that I, I bought a Jag. I got this gorgeous freaking Jaguar and then I tricked it out. And that baby, I love it. I'm having so much freaking fun with that. And what's funny is that I've gotten other cars as well. And you can feel the difference in how each handles, depending on what you, how you've tricked it out and whatnot and things like that so it's i'm having a lot of fun it's it's going to be interesting to see uh again as i progress in the levels because they made it it's oh man they're devious it's like they like let's put elements of mmo you know all they have to do is start like giving you like freaking gear as as reward <laughs> options for things too and i'll be hooked but as it is like you level as well and as you level you then unlock tracks and you unlock cars that you can buy and things like that and then on top of that they have a the obvious dealership where you can buy vehicles but they've got to use one and they change periodically so you're like for randomly just go in and let's just check what cars are available now so there's little things like that where they did a good job of keeping you in the game and having fun you know, so, I gotta I gotta ask a question about that real quick. Um, specifically about the cars. One of my one of my friends who's really, really heavy into the racing games was saying that there's um only about twenty or twenty-five highly detailed cars and 200. the rest are the lower they're two hundred highly yep, detailed. Because yep. he said he was running into twenty of them are super highly detailed and the rest of them are very low res. No, it's um it's two hundred bug. No, it's 200. 200 of them are the ones that are known as the premium vehicles. Those are okay. the ones that they spent. Those are the ones that, you know, the six months to to make sure that they're 
perfectly accurate, those are the ones. And then the others are, they, they were put together faster kind of thing. That said, they still do have differences in terms of how they handle. Um, in terms of low res and how they look, I got to tell you, like, yeah, the premium ones look really nice. Like my Jag happens to be one of those and it looks amazing. It looks great. And I know that it's accurate to that actual car. But I've driven some of the other ones that aren't the of the 200 premium ones, and they look good. And I'm playing this game on a 50-inch uh, Plasma. So it, it the game looks good. There's certainly some things that aren't perfect. But again, it's the game isn't about looking ultra-realistic in all aspects. It's the, it's the racing. When I'm racing, I could care less if car A has a slightly lower polygon count than car B, you know what I mean? So I'm. it's not bothering me as much as some of the people who've written such things in reviews. I really are bitched about it. To me, 200 highly detailed cars of 1,000 that you can have, to me, that's a lot. I, I don't need 5,000 cars. I don't need, you know, I'm really happy with the way that it is in terms of the cars. I mean, the, I think the way you have to look at it, it's not like, oh, there's 800 cars that have crappy models. You have to look at it the other way around. There's 800 cars with the standard models and then 200 that they put the extra time and effort into. It's not like they, they took any development time away from those other 800. That's the, that's the thing. It's the, even if you are using the older model cars and whatnot, um, I shouldn't say older model cars, the, the ones with the, they, they call them standard, I, I believe is what they call them. Um, they still look good. They look good. They And what's more important is the handling is different. So you do have a different feel for each car. And like, I mean, you, when I get a new car, if I win a new car from, uh, from winning a contest or something, I need a couple of laps to play around and get a feel for it. Once I've got that, then I'm good to go. But I notice the difference in how it handles. So to me, again, that's, that's what's important. I don't tend to, I tend to uh, play not from within the cockpit, but right, um, I guess you would say first person kind of thing. So versus looking outside at the car. So, because if you're looking outside at the car, if it's not a premium, then the windows tend to be more shaded so you can't see inside because it's not as accurate and whatnot. But as I'm racing, none of that matters. Anyways, okay, so let's get off of that topic anyways. That's enough racing. Like I said, I'm going to be putting up a review. It's going to be a in stages for sure, just so that I can I have the chance to also change my mind as the game progresses. Moving away from that, though, let's talk a little bit about, and this just came out, we got a crap load of fantastic shots from Terra from the beta client in Korea right now. Terra fans put this out. There are over 40 shots and these are the loading screens from the um, from the, the, the beta client. These are amazing and what it really does is it makes me long to play the game obviously but also I'm, I'm dying to see some of these areas i keep going back to the concept art that was done for the original guild wars and i i i, I, I remember especially because I, I bought the collectors of guild wars and i had the dvd where they spent a lot of time talking about that the concept art and whatnot and the specific artists who worked on stuff and how much they used it for the game and some 
developers use the concept art a lot and others is just to get an idea you know a concept of what their world is going to be but looking at some of these shots i keep thinking like i i can't wait to be exploring these worlds and come across some of these freaking things like the, <laughs> that huge statue that has like the snake kind of thing and the clouds around it it was like oh my can you imagine just kind of wandering around and boom you turn a corner and that's there <laughs> like it was awesome I have two favorites from this, and they're neither of them are papori. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, not, not the Playboy Bunny one? Not the Playboy Bunny one, actually. Um, the one Apparently that I, they don't know about that trademark. <laughs> <laughs> um, the very first one that I really liked is the, uh, the one with the goddess over the city. Oh, like, yeah. With everybody looking up and seeing. Like, it's sort of that, that sort of two worlds colliding like the goddess's reality versus her dream and being cognizant of it, I guess. But it's just, it's that cool artistic feel. The point of view to it is absolutely amazing. Um, I really think it's a great shot. And coincidentally, the one right before it, where you see the adventurer leaving his family behind. Oh, that was oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just, I saw that. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And like the, the lone ray of light on the family. And it's like, Yep, this is why he's going off to fight demons and dragons and, you know, save the world. It's for the family. It's for the kids. It's for the, the woman he loves and, and things like that. And it's it's it adds a human element to the hero classes that you don't see in a lot of games. Like you can't log into uh, World of Warcraft and get a, a loading screen that shows like a dwarf with, you know, his family in the burrow or anything like that. You, you see you know, Arthas on a throne or you see something else. It was just, it, those are like powerful images. And I know it sounds really stupid because it's like oh, concept no. art or anything, but, but it's like, that's what makes a game for me is those moments like that. Well, you know what? It, 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 give me one second, Vince. What, what this showed me as well too, because this is not that a writer went to the concept artist and said, draw this guy. Well, it may be in this case, but in many cases, it's not like draw this guy walking away from a family, make it really something that's quite serious. And, and he's not even looking at them because it's so difficult for him and, and stuff like that. It, this is the concept artists get the game. They get what the importance is of what's going on in that world. So to me, that means that you've got both sides of the equation, the writers and the artists who just plain get it. And when you put that together, you have the potential then for a game that is going to be absolutely amazing on all fronts. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously loved, you know, like like we said, uh, the Castanic warrior leaving his house or what was it? The uh, the Barada priest or whatever standing on that that snowscape. I mean, there's some really phenomenal striking artwork here. But what I really enjoyed about a lot of these was that there's also a certain lighthearted flair to this. Um, the the little high elven girl with the with the with the magnifying glass looking at the Imani or yeah, the 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 papores and the humans, everybody gambling in the bar. Like it's the, it's those little touches that make the dramatic scenes that much more striking. And it seems to me that at least from these concept art shots, Tara is going to have a really nice balance between the two because you, you do need the balance to, to tell the story properly in, in any format, be it games, comic books, movies, what have you. And if you have way too much of the, the heavy drama it just becomes numbing. Like, oh, okay, it, it it wears on you. So, if you have a good balance between what we would perceive as you know normal life, people you know just 
acting like you would expect them to. Then when we get the big dramatic scenes like the dragon being killed and some oh, of the dude. other insanity we see <laughs> yeah. in there, then that that makes it that much more amazing when it's balanced out like that. I also like the um, the crafting that they're showing you kind of thing. And yes, I understand that it's just going to be, again, probably just crafting in a game, which is always the same. But it, I don't know. It gives me hope that maybe they'll add a little bit more to the crafting so that it is something that is more engaging than just standing in front of a fireplace and, you know, making freaking turkey delight, whatever the hell that was in a while. <laughs> so, and then when you're seeing the the blacksmith as well and things like that, and then the shot of the, uh, the, the market square kind of thing, if they can put in some aspects, some, uh, I don't of ion perhaps kind of thing where <laughs> you have hopefully it done properly where you can have again the, the, where the crafting matters and it can be something that is blended into the game better than what we saw in those things um i i like that i really like that a lot and i agree with you the the moments of levity in these shots yeah. too is important because then like you said it makes those moments uh, of of extreme drama or whatever that much more important i mean it's just when you're seeing the, the guy being eaten by this frog <laughs> monster thing the, he's trying to feed him the fish different things like that like it's just awesome but i mean it, the other thing like i said that, that really struck me were the landscapes because it's important to have i mean we're seeing that right now with wow that change in landscape that's something so utterly dramatic that catches your breath and not just you know forests or or plains that's important and to have these huge monuments or whatever at various places that can be something that actually draws your attention and really makes you appreciate how important this place is kind of thing i i love that like there i there wasn't a single screenshot or shot here that i didn't look at and go oh my god look at this and then you're you're checking all the little minute details because in a lot of these you're seeing these massive whatever the hell they are but then you see like a, a very very little guy with a staff and you realize that's not a little guy that's one of those big honking dudes that you can play <laughs> and he looks like a freaking fly on this guy so again that i'm seeing just how large the world actually is going to be and that's just freaking awesome I, I haven't been paying that much attention to the Papori lore, but is it just me or do they grow their babies on trees? They grow their babies on trees, it looks like. Okay. They, they're, they are, they're nature spirits. So, I mean, that kind of makes some sort of weird sense. So I'm wondering if there's going to be like a baby harvesting quest. That would be kinda, <laughs> you know, just, just going to throw that out there. Go pick five youngings. Oh, that one wasn't ripe yet. Mm. But you have to like, yeah, you but have once to like you pick it, it up, what, how do you get it back up there? But you have to like shoot it with like a blunted arrow to knock it from the tree or something, you know. It could happen. Okay, so let's uh, stop with Tara and start talking about Champions Online just so that we can get talk Joe talking. Champions Online, uh, if you guys have been following, is going to be going to a free-to-play model. Um, the game itself is diversifying so that it'll allow more people to play with it. Um, one of the cool things that they're doing for the free-to-play model is actually something I think they should have done for the pay model when it was originally released. There comes a point in time where there are just too many choices. 
but I never thought I'd say this, but in a superhero game, it really holds true. When you can customize your character to the nth degree and pull po- pull powers from everywhere, it's a great concept at first, but then you have to realize it's still a game. You still have content that you want to run, missions you need to you need to complete, bosses you want to defeat, archvillains that you're going to be facing all the way down the line. And if you don't have a cohesive focus for your character, you know, it's it's pretty much not going to go anywhere. I mean, everybody remembers failed 90s uh, well, maybe not everybody. That's kind of the point. But Phil 90s comic hero slapstick, you know, he, he had a little <laughs> bit of everything. Right. And he kind of went nowhere because he couldn't be taken seriously. It also didn't allow you to focus on your character and the people that were successful, the people that were taking powers that all were in the same group, like fire, like people that had all their abilities based around fire and based around certain key stats. Well, with the free to play model, they're introducing eight archetypes. The first free the first eight archetypes. Um, there's going to be stuff like soldiers and controllers and healers and scrappers. And, and a lot of people are, are kind of up in arms about this, but let's face it, this type of gaming works. Let's go back and take a look <laughs> at, Champ, at, at City of Heroes, right? Okay. City of Heroes gave you archetypes, scrapper, tanker, controller, you you know, they, they had very defined roles. Yes, they had different powers in those in those you know, pools and they looked different, but they ultimately did the same thing. That game went ridiculously well, still going strong. People are still playing that game. It still has a very dedicated fan base for a reason. Sometimes you need to take it back and make it very simple. They're doing a smart thing here. They're they're giving the free to play players eight archetypes that focus on skill sets, right? These control skill sets are going around a centralized attribute system so the, the the abilities the attributes that you're going to see are now going to be you know more focused it's not going to be i have empathy for this ability but i need you know intellect for this ability and i need you know social for that ability it's going to be this one stat my superpower stat now drives this this and this okay i know what i'm doing so it allows people to actually spend more time exploring the world and completing quests and getting into the story of the game which is actually pretty damn good and less time worrying about perfecting or tweaking their character so i think it's a very smart move i think that the way that they're consolidating it will make the game more enjoyable for everybody and make the learning curve a lot lower see this would have been interesting to have you on the episode that vince and i did where we talked about this before when they first announced it because we were not nearly as kind about it <laughs> that's to well, put it mildly well from what i've been seeing ever since they announced the archetypes a lot of people have been saying like okay you know that archetype like, concept is fine but the powers you've chosen for these archetypes is absolutely stupid so that's what we're, we're seeing here in this article is they they pre-selected the skills they wanted to use with each archetype and then they're completely redesigning mm-hmm. a lot of these skills From around the what they want the archetypes to do and i think that's cool how they said okay this is what we want to do and we're going to completely change the game to make each of these archetypes work as well as they can. And I I give them credit for that. But my main issue here is, like we said a couple weeks ago, I don't want to play any of these archetypes. Well, and and I don't know. I think that it's going to evolve to a point where they will be fun. They will be enticing. And not only to mention that these are the only the first eight, there are going to be more. 
True. So they're not going to end at this. So there's going to be, and this is just the free to play model. People that want to have that level of control, that want to have that sort of, you know, micromanagement of all of their characters' abilities and stats and everything else, you can still, you know, pay for the premium accounts if you feel, you know, deem it fit and go with it that way. But it offers a sort of a balance, I would say. You know, for the free-to-play players, they're, they're, they want him in the game. They want him experiencing the game. They want him seeing that the game, hey, it's actually fun. They don't want him to be loading in and saying, wow, this is overly complicated. Screw this noise. I'm going home. You know, they want to say, wow, there's actually a lot of meat here. Let's see what else they have. And as players become more comfortable with the game, then they can move over to the free uh, free form archetypes, you know, the, the basically choose whatever they want. So there, there's a lot of options here. And I think that's really one of the important things about it. See, I don't see it as a lot of options. I, But it depends on why they're doing this. Are they going free to play with the intention of making their money from microtransactions? Or are they going free to play to entice people to try the game? And then from there, they will pay a the, the, the premium rate, whatever it is again. Why not both? Because... You can't have both if you are limiting the options too much for the free to play. So if you are saying, yes, here's free to play, but you're very limited. And let's be honest, it's very limited. And yet the scope of it may increase down the line. But for right here, right now, this is all we know. We don't know for sure that more is coming. So for what it is now, it is very, very limited. So you're not likely to be very happy with just being restricted to such a, to use the word again, restricted type character, not being able to change a lot of things. It's, it's confining. So if, if that's going to be your free to play, unless you are one of the few people that genuinely loves what those archetypes are that, Hey, more power to you, then you can just play that. But otherwise, what's the point of playing a character that you have no control over for the most part, and then just doing microtransactions well, it, on it? You know what I mean? It, if it, I, it depends, it depends on the execution. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm going to interrupt here real quick just to point out again, City of Heroes. Those archetypes were limited, but within that sort of limited pool, you had choices that you could pick as far as abilities within that pool. So if they do something like that, where there is the choice between powers, like let's say the Inferno uh, gets a choice between Thermal Reverb and Conflag, um, or or maybe gets a you know a, a, a choice between an AOE spell and a massive single target spell, you know, as, as long as they breed those those sort of minor choices into these archetypes, which we've already seen does work you know it still gives you choice in your character without restricting you to the point where it's not fun and 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 i I know that it sounds really restrictive but if you've ever played city of heroes it's really not i did play actually city of heroes and i did find it any game where they're restricting you just to you know a certain amount of characters and there are already presets maybe we should just word it like that the 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 preset kind of thing for me personally doesn't work because when you're saying some people don't like that many options they just want to be able to get in and play i'm the type of player that likes those options even in a free to play i like having that control so that i am different when I go in and I'm the type of character that I want to be. I don't want to have to make my type of gaming experience shoehorn that into what is being provided to me. If it doesn't fit, it just doesn't fit. 
it, it's all well and good if they provide the options, but they're not. If you look at the uh, Champions Online website, and yeah, it's still beta, things could change. But if you look at every single archetype, every single archetype is locked in with their power selections and absolutely everything from level for one now. on. Yeah, for, for now. now. But they, they haven't given us any indication that they're even considering options. Well, they're still working at revamping all those skills that are available and figuring out what they're going to do with them. And that takes time. And then from there, you can say, well, now we can make choices. It's easier to from a design aspect, it's easier to have everything done and then group them together and, and say, well, we can give players choice between this and this. These aren't the same power with each other than it is to say we have all of this crap that we have to work through and update and make sure that it's ready to go. I mean, it is a large heap that they're digging through to make these archetypes work. So, I mean, I'm not going to begrudge them until I see that whether they flat out say it's ready for release and you have no choice at that point. Sure, I'll be right there with you guys. But if they do it where the archetypes have minor choices along the way or have choices in general, maybe not as many choices as the 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 freeform archetypes, I'll be fine with it personally. Me personally, I like the idea of archetypes with minor choices so I can just enjoy the game. You know, I had a blade scrapper with super reflexes in in the City of Heroes and I absolutely adored it. I still log in every now and then to play them because it was I knew what the powers were. It was it didn't require a whole lot of time to customize it and I can just really immerse myself in the game. Yeah, but I don't, I don't see why they would come out even this early in the process with this completely locked in pre-planned character development of powers, uh, passives, abilities, stat gains, everything that a, a premium player would choose and say this is exactly what the archetype is going to be. Well, yeah, but- if 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 they even have an intention of adding in those options later on. Yes, because Cryptic has always been so forthcoming with their plans with all their games. Like that Star Trek Online, I hear they were really great about that. Okay. So, <laughs> so now that Joe's proven he's a douchebag, let's talk about some other douches. <laughs> let's start with Axel Rose, because this came out this week, and I just think it's freaking hilarious. He's a couple of years late, but we're going to blame that on the, <clears throat> the drugs kind of melting so many of his brain cells but he's decided to sue activision because slash is in one of their games it's this was freaking hilarious (laughs) i couldn't stop it's one of those moments where you're reading the news about it and your jaws a little open and you're going but 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 what Mm -hmm. what what (laughs) yeah especially when you consider that the game in question is guitar hero 3 which is three guitar heroes ago (laughs) this this game came out over three years ago i just think it's absolutely hysterical because i mean okay the terms of the contract that activision agreed to was kind of stupid i okay they did agree to it but that doesn't mean anything it was that no likeness of velvet revolver or slash could appear in a game if they wanted to use welcome to the jungle and Slash is a playable character and has been for a while. Uh, he was a playable character well before Guitar Hero 3 ever came out. Sorry to tell you, Axel. Um, and I'm pretty sure Activision's worth a lot more money than your drug-addled ass. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> they, when, they, when they say the lawsuit, it's like, oh, okay, you can't use the likeness of any Guns N' Roses character in the game. Fine. When they licensed Slash... They licensed him as a solo artist, not as a mm-hmm. member of Guns N' Roses. Anytime in Guitar Hero 3, before you unlock him, that Slash shows up, he's playing his own music. He couldn't care less about playing the Guns N' Roses songs. Yep, absolutely. 
this is one of those ones that I can't wait to see where it goes. Just for the hilarity of it. This is Jack Thompson should be handling this case. He should come back <laughs> to handle this because he's got to throw a spin on it too that somehow it's causing people to do violent things. So from one douche to another, let's talk about Billy Bob Thornton because he's awesome yep. too. Because now this is another one that Jack Thompson would probably be behind oh, here. This would be oh. fantastic. Actually, Joe, I'll let you take he this He get one. Robert Ebert on on this one too. Oh, God, no, no, okay. Hold on a second. No, at, least, at least Robert Ebert has, you know, Roger recanted. Ebert, Roger Ebert has, has recanted a, a little bit at least. He's oh, backed off some. Yeah, no, he's back off. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't he, recanted or changed his mind. Some, some. Okay, but Billy Bob Thornton actively blames video games for Hollywood doing bad movies. He <laughs> says that he well, he says that mass audiences are so used to hack and slash in the video games and these high over the top actions that that's all anybody ever wants to watch. Billy Bob, did you ever stop to think that maybe your acting just sucks or that maybe you're choosing awful roles or maybe the writers that you have that are rehashing stuff from the 80s and 70s and 60s to try to make modern movies out of them might be fucking hacks? I don't know if that thought ever crossed your mind, but don't blame that on fucking video games. I mean, seriously, where does the correlation? My kid plays video games. He doesn't appreciate movies. Really? Are you just I, mad because you weren't asked to be a voice in Mass Effect 2? Is that what this is really about? <laughs> I'm pretty I, I don't, sure that it is. I don't care how few or how many video games you play. It's not going to make Mr. Woodcock a better movie. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'd, I'd really like to know what the video game industry had to do with the Bad News Bears remake. <laughs> no, hold on a second. He, he's in the movie Faster, right? With The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And he's trying to make the movie out to be so much more than it is. He's trying to tell him that it's like this this sort of satire on on over the top action and, and everything like that. It's like, no, Hollywood just wanted to make an action film because that's what Hollywood does. You agreed to be a part of it because you like a paycheck. I mean, really, why are you trying to make it more profound than it is? You want to have something that's earth shattering and and is going to move souls fucking do shakespeare not that i think that he could but still go i do think it'd be hilarious <laughs> i'd watch it <laughs> okay let's move away from there and staying on the topic of movies games that are from games let's talk about the uncharted movie because it has been confirmed that they are going to be casting mark Wahlberg as nathan drake i gotta tell you <laughs> uh. i was so utterly disappointed when i heard this now david o russell is going to be directing this He's actually worked with Wahlberg just recently on The Fighter, and then they worked together on Three Kings as well. And they're trying to get Joe Pesci in and De Niro, but it's like it, they're they're trying to shoehorn them into the story to make it work for the movie. Yeah. And none of what the them... What is Joe Pesci going to yeah, do oh, for this movie? Yeah, really. None of them fit with anything that has to do with it, which is too bad because I think that... And I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong when it comes out and if it does, great. But I think that had they stuck with proper casting the 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 game has such strong characters that if you can find somebody who can actually pull it off you've got a winner instead of rewriting the characters to be completely like something completely else like Nathan Drake fits if you get the proper guy in the role and Mark Wahlberg is not that guy 
Yeah, I mean, nothing against Mark Wahlberg on his own. I've enjoyed quite a few of his movies. Uh, Three Kings was amazing. I I really liked him in The Departed. But yeah, nothing nothing in in his roles has has made me think, oh, Nathan Drake. No, sorry. Not going to happen. Go go back playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is he's the same guy in every movie. It's it's always him. So that's why if you like him, then, yeah, you're bound to like most of his movies. But he does. It's he does. There's no stretch. He's never anybody else, which means he can't play Nathan Drake. He's going to play a Nathan Drake, but certainly not the one from the game. It just does not fit. Here's what I expect is going to happen. Did everybody see Max Payne the movie? No. Nope. Actually, I have avoided it. <laughs> okay. The only reason to watch it really is Mia Kunis and Leather. Um, but aside from that, he does an awful job. He's essentially playing his character from The Departed as Max Payne. I fully expect that to be the exact same thing here. Do you know what game role really came to mind that I think he would be perfect to play? Alan Wake. Do you know why? What? Because he's- Alan because Alan Wake is fucking lost. Alan Wake doesn't know what the <laughs> hell is going on around him. I have a flashlight. Demons are coming at me. That's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, but then they would have to rewrite uh, Alan Wake so that he takes his shirt off a lot more. And I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's such a rich franchise and they're just they're shoehorning it. And that makes me sad. Well, not just shoehorning it, but I think that they're going to piss it away. And then all that's going to happen is that they're going to blame it on being, oh, it's just a game. So that's why I didn't do well. Are we sure you Bowles and me involved in this project? So uh, is, is he still allowed to make movies? <laughs> yes, sadly. So I, I was very disappointed when I when I heard that. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens when it actually comes out. But uh, we we got another tease as well for the Spike uh, Video Game Awards this uh, this week. The there's a website that cropped up. Quite simply, it's just a guy in a jacket, a bald guy facing away from the camera, and it says "Murder Your Maker" in red, and then the date, which is for the Video Game Awards, and then it says Spike TV Video Game Awards. So there's going to be a obviously reveal, as there's going to be many reveals during the VGAs. The only reason to watch them is going to be for the reveals, and what happened is that the people immediately found out that the website is actually registered under Activision. So from there, it was not that hard to kind of narrow the options and the most popular one being right now, a sequel to prototype. So it is quite likely that they will be announcing a prototype two at the VGAs, which I think would be freaking awesome. There's still a lot that could be done in that IP. Yeah, I until they linked prototype. it to Activision, I was thinking Hitman, just a bald guy yes. death, go for yes. it. Yeah. But now but that they linked it to Activision, yeah. Yeah, Roger no, and I had that conversation yeah. earlier on AIM. Yeah, no, I I would have thought about a lot of those games when I, I looked at it. and uh, But then, no, as soon as they said Activision, it was like, yeah, prototype. And it fits, too. That murder your maker, that's what it's all about with him. So I think that, man, I would love to see another prototype. I'd love to see another prototype done, like, really well. Some great story in there, too, that's gripping. I think that would be awesome. It has such great potential, and it was such a fun game. 
Um, it had some flaws that they could work on and make it a better franchise in a sequel. And I'm really, really looking forward to it, especially as far as games have come since prototypes been released. I mean, uh, we're seeing full cinematic games come out and prototype could become exactly. you know, a cinematic quality game, you know, and that that's what makes it exciting. I I would love to see that. Nothing from you, Vince. No, nah, that, that, that's good enough. But before we move on, <laughs> um, I just, hey, live, live broadcast. Uh, Cliff Blazinski just came across on Twitter announcing that Infinity Blade will be out December 9th. Oh, do it. Oh. Oh. Next Thursday. Oh. Thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Joe was talking, so I had some time to read. Oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. I can't wait to freaking try that thing. Honestly, I actually I lied when I said I didn't get any other games, too, because I did pick some up on the App Store because there was a couple of a couple. <laughs> there were a lot of games that came on sale for the uh, both the iPad and the iPhone during the holidays. So I actually picked some of those up as well. So I was quite happy about that. I also, as, okay, we're going to talk one, one more thing and then I'll give a little plug at the end. The last <laughs> thing I wanted to talk about, just because I have to, but um, last gaming bit of news is just a quirky little thing. It's becoming like a weekly kind of feature yeah. now on the Connect. Who hacked it to do what? <laughs> and it's awesome because it's so freaking random, some of the shit that comes out. And this one's more than just a little random as well with somebody who hacked his to play Super Mario Brothers on it. Yes. I had practiced seen, a little more. Well, dude, I was watching that and thinking, oh man, that's gotta be tough. And yeah, it kinda <laughs> is. But to give him credit, the dude did it. He he just freaking kept at it. It was it was very cool, actually. I've seen somebody beat Ninja Gaiden with a Dance Dance Revolution dance pad, so <laughs> this this is almost as cool. Yeah, well, there's a lot of games that are beaten with the Dance Dance Revolution dance pad. People are freaking crazy. I love it. <laughs> All right. The last thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's not, it's actually not game related. So if you want to stop listening, now's the what? point. Is I picked up, and I'm saying this because I know that especially Joe likes, he plays music as well. We were talking about apps. I picked up Amplitude for Ooh. my iPad. Now, Joe and I had kind of talked about this a little bit before, and... I picked up, you have to pick up the iRig dongle, and then you hook that up to your iPhone or your iPad. You pick up the app, then you plug in your guitar basically in a set of headphones, or you can go to speakers or an amp or whatever if you want. But it actually turns your iPhone or iPad into a preamp, yeah. and then you've got your pedals as well that you can select from, and there's quite a few of them that you can select. Now, of course, I bought the one for the iPad, which allows you to have all four um, foot pedals out at the same time and is so easy to play with. I, I plugged in my, my ovation and was messing around. I just want to give a free shout out <laughs> for these guys. If anybody is thinking about, again, just something to mess around with and play with, although it can also actually be used quite realistically on stage as well. It is amazing it works fantastic it i had no problems the the sound quality is awesome whether you pump it through an actual amp or headphones the sound quality is amazing you've got your presets that you can set so that you if there's certain styles that you like and again the fact that you can if you want 
just pick up your, your, your fender or whatever and not plug it in and make a racket and everything else. Just, you know, pick up your fender and your iPhone or your fender and your iPad. Go sit down somewhere. You're not going to make any noise, but in your ears, you're going to freaking sound like a rock star. It is a fantastic little app. I want it very badly since the time I saw it. I, I saw it get used on stage by somebody in Buffalo. And, yeah, I was about uh, I was about to say that this could be the next evolution in nerd rock. How long before we see a stage performance consisting of nothing but iPads and a connect? Already, already not connect, but there's already been one with uh, nothing but Just iPhones the iPad. and iPads. Yeah, I actually saw that. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it is a fantastic. If you if you like playing music, you can use it either for uh, a bass or with a um, uh, a guitar. I actually I have a, a ukulele, but it doesn't have a pickup in it. My old one used to, but this one doesn't. But I know somebody who has one. I'm gonna plug in my freaking uke in there and play too and see what it sounds like because <laughs> i want to hear man it's gonna freaking rock but it's beautiful dude because you can actually set it up that the the output goes instead to your input on your computer and then you can i saw some videos where they had it set up with uh garage band on the mac so that they had all their pedals and then they were recording their licks directly in without having to go through an amp and then your pedals and all that crap it was just through the freaking ipad so yeah anyways i I'm not going to drag on too long for this, but it's called Amplitude. It's an iRig, the little dongle that you hook up to it. It is, if you like playing music in any capacity and you can afford it, pick it up. It's well worth the money. And with that, we're actually going to wrap up our games edition. And I will have this up for everybody, of course, tomorrow to listen to. And we will be back next week with tons more fun. So we will talk to you then. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't know. No, I wish you did because... Oh, was that what was causing that? Oh, I think it was. Okay. Sorry, just closing a bunch of crap down and trying to find the culprit here. You actually taught me something. Awesome. People look to us and say, one day I will be as organized as those guys. This is not good. <laughs> I, I hate this crap. And I'm sure the crap has had it with you. Quite likely. Quite likely. <laughs> because uh, I don't hold back. But it's early. What's he doing there? He said it was going to be quarter two before he's ready. But no. Yep. Just deciding to be early by being late. Hello? Fuck you, sir. That was not nice. Yeah. Really? You but don't have that was totally uncalled for. Completely <laughs> uncalled for. You're talking shit about me. I know it. You did not know it. Let's be very clear here. You did not Roger, know whether Roger, or not we were. Let, let's if, by going by your past track record. That's it. You can't do that. No, that you can't hold me to what I've done before. It's the now. Live in the moment. In the now, maybe I wasn't making fun of you. You know, that doesn't I'm not saying law, that right? I that wasn't because I would be law. lying, but the fact is, is you did not know. Mm -hmm. You were in the wrong first. Uh-huh. I almost, almost believed me. You did. Fine. Bastard. I need to give Roger a title tonight. 
What? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did, oh, dude. <laughs> that was a little too ominous sounding there. Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. I'm trying to think of how to say this. Yeah, fuck it. I don't even remember what the hell I was going to say. My, my, my train of thought totally, completely derailed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one gripe about it. <laughs> <laughs> for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming. It's there coming. There it is. <laughs>